1: You know, do you ever have those weeks where your heart's just not in it? You know, where... I mean, baby. Sometimes you just look at, uh, you look at the TV and you're like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I'm uh, it. you know, it's the NFL, it's week 13 in the National Football League, and, uh, you know, we're supposed to be excited, but last week, uh, the fantasy, uh, the fantasy guys did not smile on me. I, uh... Don't you know, it was bring thanksgiving me down. don't bring me thanks- down it was thanksgiving you know uh, the day after thanksgiving is black friday well i have black sunday mike black sunday Owen four in my championship games it's uh don't it, bring it didn't well for us I, and uh, uh i don't i don't know what uh, i don't know what i'm going to do about it mike it's not feeling Don't. It.
2: don't. Don't break me down, we got a show to do because there's a lot of folks out there right now that are anxious and awaiting what we've got to say on red versus blue fantasy sports talk radio, so stay with me, my brother
1: you know we'll we'll get the uh we'll get the chat room up and running here in a little bit uh, for those of you listening uh I'm Scott against team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football, but if you can tell if you can hear my voice, it's just uh um, Oh, I can
2: hear it. Goodness gracious.
1: Yeah. It's just not I the mean, same right what we're now. Gonna
2: do with Scott, all right, I alright right, Scott. Let let's try this. Uh my name's Michael Trent. Uh I'm the I'm the uh co host on Red vs Blue, uh fantasy sports talk, high stakes fantasy football. Uh, my co-host is Scott Adkins, uh from Indianapolis, Indiana. Scott Atkins, how are you doing today?
1: Well, I've been better, you know. Okay, know. well,
3: enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it didn't help, Mike. I, I don't know how to really break this funk that I'm in. You know, 0-4 in championship games is not easy to swallow, and uh, it happened to me. I mean I guess it could happen to anybody right but uh it just was not uh it was not my weekend in the national football league i uh the world championship of fantasy football we had dustin Ashby as our guest last friday night the owner of the world championship of fantasy football and you know we were we were up against uh we were up against peyton Hillis Karen Foster and uh, michael Vick just to name a few. And uh you know they got theirs, but you you got your team has to to get yours and 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 I wasn't worried about who I was playing. I just wanted to make sure that my guys got what they needed to get and you know we scored over one forty in the world championship uh the that that, that league championship uh, playoff game right and uh you know it just didn't it just didn't work out you know Adrian Peterson was the running back, and he went out in the first half as Peyton Hillis was scoring his third touchdown in the first half. You know, on Arian Foster, he had more catches than my entire roster of wide receivers had. And uh, well, yeah, it was just just one of those weeks, Mike. Well,
2: some old, some old things happen, and uh, yeah, I can tell you you're bummed out. But uh, you know what? We're going to start spreading the news because we got a lot of good things. Uh, it's going to happen on the show tonight. I mean, uh, there's a lot of the a lot of. Uh, people that are just like yourself that basically out of the playoffs and what I do now and what's going to happen. My whole team is
3: done
2: and this and that. But there's, there's a lot of folks out there that uh, looking forward to week 13 week 14 that uh, week 15, they may have some uh, implications. Uh, You know, there's going to be a lot of different uh, starting uh, decisions they may have to make, and uh, you know we're talking about the world championships, and uh, you know some things are going to be have has to be some decisions have to be made here real
1: quick. All right, well I'll I'll, I'll break out of my phone again. We'll we'll get the chat room up and running here in just a minute uh, for all the listeners. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We've got Tommy Yates on the program tonight. Uh, For those of you that don't know the name Tommy Yates, a $100,000 grand prize winner just a few short years ago. uh, His team was led by uh, Steven Jackson, among others. You know, Steven Jackson hasn't been the hottest player in the league, but Mike, Sam Bradford just may be. This kid, uh, holy cow, 300 yards last week, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, this week he's, uh, he's, he's somebody that you have to consider as a, as a quality starter, Mike, uh, playing against Arizona, right? You, you start everybody against Arizona, don't you? I mean, and, and this is a week that Sam Bradford could do it again. Yeah. You start
2: everybody against Arizona and you do not start Arizona. <laughs> uh, you know, that makes sense. I mean, uh, Sam Bradford, uh, it's going to be solid, uh, the one thing about it is Saint Louis is they're a scary team and they're fighting for their playoff lives. That that whole division is a total mess right now. To think that you can get into uh the NFL playoffs and be in at five hundred. That that I mean that's crazy. But uh if any if any team has the wherewithal to do that, that's gonna be Saint Louis.
1: Yeah, we've uh, Sam Bradford is, is definitely a, a consideration. You know, if you're a team that has a Ben Roethlisberger this week, and after the week you saw him have it in a game that he, he should have done well, with uh, zero touchdowns against the the Buffalo Bills, this week you have Sam Bradford in a, in a very favorable matchup against Arizona. But I mean, wow, 22 for 37, 308 and three last week. Look, he might, he's got 2,500 passing yards on the season with 17 touchdowns. I mean, this this kid, uh, arguably, as a rookie, I don't think we've seen a better rookie quarterback in the National Football League since
2: Ben Roethlisberger. Well, no, no i got to disagree there. Uh, I've seen two rookies that were uh, extremely good, um, Matt Ryan and uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, they were very good. You talk about numbers, why, man? Maybe not, but uh, you're talking about uh, what they need to do and uh, to continue to move forward. Uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Joe Flacco, yeah, they've moved forward. Now it's going to be on Sam Bradford, see if if he can move forward and do the same type of things that uh, those two those two guys have done. Because uh, let's face it, the uh, the NFL has become a The quarterbacks have, I mean, it's such a young group, and it's going to be so exciting to watch all these kids mature into young men, and that includes uh, Ben Roethlisberger, too. So, uh, you know, you put a whole bunch there together, but right now, uh, you know, Bradford as a rookie, not bad, not bad. Hey, Uh, I start start
1: saying Bradford this week over Ben Roethlisberger, um, I start him over several big names. I start him over Matt Hasselback. Uh, I start him over Jason Campbell. Uh, obviously, they, that's not those a big name, big but uh, I, I take a serious, hard look at Sam Bradford over Matt Ryan this week against a very stout Tampa Bay defense. I start no Sam Bradford over, over Carson Palmer, which uh, Carson Palmer's facing the number one pass defense in town. I start. I mean, I'm starting Sam Bradford over several big names this week. Sam Bradford over Donovan McNabb, uh, considering that the Giants past he is absolutely no joke, and that game is in in New York. I, I start Sam Bradford over a lot of big names in the NFL. I'm like, he's still a rookie, but this kid has poise. So that's what I wanted to start the program with. Let's
3: talk about Atlanta,
1: Mike. Atlanta proved it was the real deal versus the Green Bay Packers. I know a lot of people thought the Pack were going to go in there, And we said last week, if if Matt Ryan beats the Green Bay Packers, he's a serious contender for the MVP crown.
2: Yeah, no no question about it. I mean, Atlanta got down, and, uh, you know, they kind of – at first they tucked their tail between their uh, legs, and it was like, oh, my gosh. But uh, Atlanta, they just bounced back, and uh, they used the the combination of Michael Turner and uh, Matt Ryan and just – you know they were able to make it work and work and chip away and chip away and next thing you know they were they were ahead and they won the game. Um, Matt Ryan he is Matty Ice like they say. I mean, he showed me a lot, and so did Michael Turner. If you Michael Turner uh, owners, you better continue to make sure that you have him because there's uh, you know he. he I mean, he's got a ton of upside, and I hate to use that word, but he has a ton of upside along with uh, Matty Ice, my, Matt Ryan.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really good game to see Atlanta take on Tampa Bay. Now the Falcons have won every single game since that previous matchup with Tampa Bay, and Matt Ryan has thrown zero interceptions in every single game since the bye week. I'm looking at these stats 106 for 153, 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, zero picks. That's all over the last four weeks, Mike. This, this is a game that's a the three point favorite on the road. You've got a home dog in Tampa Bay and Freeman who yeah. hasn't looked exactly sharp the last couple of weeks, but they do have some playmakers. Mike Williams, that's a guy you like, I know, Mike, and uh, that should be a good game to watch. Well,
2: yeah, and another one is uh, Laguerre Blunt. I, I really think uh, Laguerre Blunt uh, may have a chance to uh, really shine here because uh, the over and under is 44.5. And like you said, uh, Atlanta's a three point favorite, uh, but uh, Tampa Bay is minus 120 on the other side. So that tells me that they're screaming for that line to go to 2.5. Uh, but Tampa Bay and Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman, I, I've, I've enjoyed watching him, and I, I enjoy his uh, his playmaking ability and the way he can do things. Uh, so, you know, I I don't necessarily think this is going to be a blowout by any means, but uh, I do think Atlanta will win by seven or ten. But you know, La- our Tampa Bay's going they're going to score plenty of points.
1: Atlanta's got a very stout run defense, uh, one of the one of the better ones, and this should be at a game where Michael Turner does get his, Matt Ryan should get uh, should should do enough damage to get the win, and, and I think this line is a little low to me. I, I think Atlanta does come out and take care of business and kind of put Tampa Bay in their place, kind of expose Tampa Bay for the record that they have. I know
3: they're on the road,
1: and it's always hard to win on the road, but I I, I like what Atlanta's bringing to the table.
3: Chicago.
1: Chicago Bears, man, uh, look at this! Cuddy had four touchdowns as they beat Philadelphia. I'm like, I don't know of anybody that predicted that, other than our boys uh, at the um, the Fantasy Alarm. I know they had that big wager, the uh, the hair bet over there. Uh, Hallam uh, Ryan is going to uh, have a have a lot of fun because he picked Chicago in that game. But look, Chicago and Cuddy playing and and beating Philadelphia secures themselves as a contender in the NFC. No matter how you slice it, they cannot be ignored. Now they're on the road at Detroit. A very easy game should be for for Chicago. The Bears pass. He's currently ranked 17th in the league, averaging 220 yards per game, but look, they're incredibly stingy with the TDs this year. They gave up a mere eight passing touchdowns over 11 contests, so I don't see the Detroit Lions uh, putting a fear into the Chicago defense. Do you?
2: No, uh, I don't either. And, uh, first off, who's going to start for quarterback for Detroit? What, Stanton maybe? I think Stanton. I think it's Drew. I think it's Drew Stanton. And uh, they're going to tell me that uh, the over and under is 43-and-a-half. I think this is a game, if you have Matt Forte, This is his game. Uh, This is a game of ball control, and uh, the game is going to go well under the 43-and-a-half. But, you know, as far as fantasy owners, uh, Matt Forte, this could be his real game. This could be uh, a lot of third-and-three, third-and-two situations where Matt Forte out of the backfield is going to take advantage of the underneath of Detroit. And as far as the choice offense, I don't think they're going to get it much going.
1: I, I think they ought to get Dominique Sue under center, man. He does it all right. He kicks the ball. Maybe maybe he can throw the ball. This is the second time this year the <laughs> Chicago Bears have faced a third string quarterback this season. The first time the Bears shut out Tyler Bigpen in the Miami Dolphins. Mike, I think I think we ought to rename this game the Massacre in Motown. This is this is going to be a if you can go ahead and get your hands on the line. I think you go ahead and take a huge wager on the Bears uh, because the third-string quarterback for the Detroit Lions will not get the win, will not keep it close against that defense that Philadelphia struggled with. And if Michael Vick's struggling against the defense, I know he ended up with 300 yards. He struggled in that game. He had a lot of opportunities, and that's what got him that 300 yards, and they just passed the heck out of the ball all throughout the game. But Chicago is here. They are the real deal. Mike, I see that uh, Tommy Yates is here, so we're going to bring him on. Tommy Yates, Recovery Boys, welcome to Red vs. Blue, buddy. How you doing, my friend? you are good, Scotty.
3: How about yourself?
1: Hey, it, it was Black Sunday for me, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm still not recovered. I don't know if I'm going to play fantasy football next year. I'm really up in the air about the whole oh. situation.
3: We'll have, we'll have expect- to see how it goes this Sunday. I give ten to one you'll be back. I think we all recover. Uh, after we all take hits every once in a while in this in this hobby of ours, and uh, and you know sometimes it's not always fair, but um, and it's tough to overcome at times. But uh, we all come back. You know that <laughs> you'll be there.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, we're we're talking with Tommy Yates Recovery Boys. He was a previous uh, National Fantasy Football Championship winner. A grand prize winner of $100,000. Everybody knows the name by now in our chat room. 347 um, 324 is the number if you have a question for Tommy. But, Tommy, we want to talk about a couple of leagues that you're doing. Uh, you know, you're holding your own here, my friend. You represented uh, Red versus Blue in the Big Payback uh, satellite. Uh, you won the Red versus Blue Big Payback satellite uh, a year ago. That meant that your $500 entry parlayed into a $5,000 entry, and you were sitting at the table, or, you know, in essence, <laughs> you were at the table in the draft uh, against
0: uh, 11
1: other veterans who ponied up $5,000 for this big payback league. And you're right in the thickest things. I see you in the standings, and you're you're at the top of your division league. Tell me about this team.
3: Well, uh, first off, I I, was, I wish I was sitting at the table for that draft, but I got to say, my good friend Jack Hahn uh, drafted the team for me. He was he was good enough. He was able to be in Vegas for that particular draft. I it's, when when our draft happens, sometimes it's a busy time of the year for me work wise, and uh, this particular year I couldn't be everywhere. I had to, uh, I so I called in and basically Jack and I drafted that team together. Uh, from uh, me off site and and he sitting at the table having all the fun. So uh we uh came up with the in the uh in that we ended up getting Peyton Hillis late, which was um something you know he and I talk all summer and and uh, that was somebody that we liked. We ended up getting him in the eleventh round which was a very nice pick for that team. Uh we got uh because of where you know you when you do that draft you don't know where you're gonna draft until you get there, until right before you get there. We ended up picking near the end of the first round, and, and myself, I, I mean, I kind of like to do go receivers when when, you can, when you're when you on the back end. I've, I've, it's a strategy I've used for a while, and it seems to work out pretty good. Well, we got um, – we. I remember in the second round, we were on the phone, and, uh, you know, it's FFPC scoring, of course. So you got that one and a half points for the tight end, and uh, uh, Gates was there. And he and I were on the phone, and myself, I'm kind of stubborn. I love Larry Fitzgerald. You know that story. And uh, he's been good to me in the past. And he said, you know what? Antonio Gates is available. Antonio Gates is available. I'm screaming, Fitz, I want Fitz. I have to? So we got him in the second round. Gates went one or two picks later. Uh, we ended up building a pretty nice team. We got Fitz and Calvin early. Uh, Sidney Rice got late. You know, he's got everybody who's uh, – l- I feel lucky to be close to the playoffs with him. We've been holding him on the bench all year. Got him around the 10th round. But, uh, but he may pay off soon. I'm going to put him in the lineup this weekend and uh, we'll see how that goes but uh uh Philip Rivers who Jack came up with Jack uh, was real high on him I didn't like him so much in the summer I don't know if he you remember everybody was falling for him all his receivers were going down I didn't know who he was going to throw the ball to but uh right. he's had a great year hasn't he like a record setting he might beat Marino's record he might uh he might be right there so he's on the team uh Jonathan Stewart oh here's another thing with that particular team we we ended up we had a lot of people scratching their heads uh, we ended up drafting, and it wasn't planned or anything, we ended up taking three Carolina Panthers in a row. Uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody to be honest with you, but, it's, but it seems to be working yeah. for us right now. We ended up getting D-Will in the third and in the fourth, uh, it, in the fourth it was Smith, and then in the fifth I, I made him take uh, Jonathan Stewart. I love Jonathan Stewart too. He hasn't done anything for me, but hey, this might be another week for him. He might start coming on, you know. But uh, that was pretty much it. So he, he lied and me on the phone and that's how we came up with that team, and, and we don't have the most points, but we are in the first place in, in our division. It looks like we'll make the playoffs, and we got a shot. Well, you never know, Tom. I, I, I mean, they uh, the taking a
2: chance on the Carolina Panthers. I mean, let's face it, uh, D. Will, he's been one of the biggest busts uh, that we've seen in the year of uh, 2010. Uh, but Jonathan Stewart and C. Smith, uh, they haven't done much. But, uh, you know, you, you take a chance all down that chain and do that, and then still, uh, still alive and uh, still alive and well to be able to uh, be competitive. I mean that that that's pretty strong.
3: Uh, you're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, you know, bottom line is they've all stunk this year for everybody. And uh, I yeah. mean, going in, you know, that wasn't the plan. But you know, there's a lot of talent between those three. I've always liked Steve Smith. I've always thought Stu. Uh, if he had a chance to be the primary carrier, would would uh, could do some. And you remember a couple of years ago, D will with uh, with uh, Dave Gerzak took that team in the prime time and and won 100 grand with it because I mean, of oh, well, a lot of reasons. Because, but but his his big horse at the end there was the way D will took the ball the second half of that season and he just buried the competition with it. And I thought you know yeah. if one of those guys can start the other one, I'll carry him is the way I, I look at it. And, heck, one of them got hurt, the other one got his chance, he got hurt, and it blah, back and forth and all these good things in there. It's crazy. But uh looks like J.C. might get the ball up this weekend. So we'll yep. see. We'll see. Yep.
1: You also have uh, Reggie Bush on that team. Now, let's talk about Reggie for a second. Reggie's fully healthy. Uh, and, and they said that, uh, you know, they're going to ease him back into this game plan. Obviously, you've got Pierre Thomas, Pay- Sean Payton, saying that he's 90%, but it is is the game-time decision. Uh, that he was limited in practice, and he's questionable little play against the Bengals, and he's guarded about bringing you know his Thomas' prospects for the game. He wants to see how the running back feels before kickoff. But if Pierre sits again, you would have to think that Reggie would get into that game and kind of help out uh, Chris Ivory there, and and you've got another option in Jonathan Stewart, obviously with with a matchup against Seattle. Talk about this. You're you're pretty you're pretty set with
3: Jonathan Stewart in the lineup, I guess. I like Jonathan Stewart uh, at Seattle. I just, I just think that uh, he's gonna. I think he'll get more touches. I don't trust any of those coaches anymore, Scotty. I mean, you tell me. What do you, the way these guys talking and then their actions? They're just two different things. So many times. I mean, they're, they're just trying to pull the other team. It doesn't do us as fantasy owners any favors. And I think that uh, I like Reggie Bush. I mean, he'll catch a lot of balls. He get a point per reception. But I just, I don't know that he's going to be in there. I don't, you know, I don't really trust the situation yet. He hasn't really been. Wasn't he supposed to go last week too? Wasn't he supposed to go a lot of looks last week? But he end up with two fantasy points. He doesn't. They're not. Yeah. They're just not using him yet. And that, so that leads me to believe that uh, that still he's not all the way back yet. And then a lot of his game is you know he's not a tank. He needs he needs his quickness. And uh, I I personally I take between those two I'll go Jace two right now. I th- and I'm hoping Reggie gets healthy and uh, and he's uh, you know he's a big part of the playoff run, but. Uh, but I don't trust them right now. I'll be honest with you, I don't, tr- and I don't trust those coaches. I don't trust any of them. any of them. <laughs>
1: well, I don't. I, I don't blame you for that. Now, I do. I do think there's another interesting situation that you have here, uh, Tommy. Is is you have uh, Sidney Rice, uh, obviously, who we're waiting on to see if he if he can be the Sidney Rice that we remember last year. Uh, yeah, right. but You also have another. You have another option here in Jabbar Gaffney, and and, and let's take a look at this because. You know, now Jabar Gaffney. You, you 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 have to think of, of the Bronco wide receivers as whoever had the bad game last week will have a good game this week because that's just kind of how they are. The Chiefs, they're playing the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a big favorite at home, but the over/under in this game, Mike, is what fifty or so. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. the yeah, pass right.
3: defense,
1: the pass defense for the Chiefs have coughed up over a thousand passing yards over the past four ye uh, the past four weeks and. I mean, Seattle managed close to 300 yards and two touchdowns. Derek Anderson threw for almost 280, or a little over 280, and the Broncos torched Casey a few weeks ago. So, and I don't think anything's changed in this game. And, and I, I would have to be considering Jabbar Gaffney, but but Sidney Rice is that big play, 25, maybe 30 point potential.
3: I guess that's what you're going for. That's part of it, Scotty. But also, um, I I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Kansas City. You, that could be a factor. I'm not sure. I haven't seen a weather report. I do know this. I yeah. know that Rice is Rice is going to play zero in a dome. Zero percent chance of precipitation in KC. Yeah. Oh, so it's going to be a nice yeah. football day. Okay. All right. Well, that that evens it out there. But uh, and my other my other thing about Gaffney is that, like you were saying, you don't know who's going to show up that week. They're all capable. But who's who's Orton going to look to? I I saw a couple of weeks ago he was uh, on television and and he wouldn't he wasn't looking at his you know he's he's not going past his first read it seems to me and it's always Lloyd it seems like it just seems to me that everybody else is capable on that team and lately Lloyd's the only one that's getting the looks so I I just I really don't trust that either I kind of think and I think I think Farber is trying to get Rice worked into the offense, give him a shot Rice is definitely more talented. He's a bigger guy. He's, you know, you've got more chance at, at, uh, at touchdowns with him, in my opinion. And uh, if he's back and healthy and, and he's fresh, um, I'll take him over Gaffney this week. And, you, and I'll be honest, I mean, sometimes you just get a gut feel for things. Uh, I, Gaffney's not my favorite guy, he never has been. I, uh, I like uh, I just I think Royal is more talented on that team. Royal doesn't get the looks either. I'm very frustrating to watch those guys. I and mean, they can't – Horton doesn't seem to be able to go downfield. Uh, to me i mean uh you you might have stats that would back up saying you know he's got a bunch of 60 yard touchdowns it looked to me like he wasn't throwing the ball more than 20 yards uh the last game i saw him play in and, and i just uh i i see sydney rice i see Re- sydney rice having the potential to really go off so well, well you know what you know you never know
2: what you're going to get out of denver and uh and what's going on with them uh you know i I personally, I love Kansas City in this game, but uh, it's – Me too, right you know, me
3: too. First
2: you just never know what you're going to get.
3: I
1: think, you yeah, know, one of, your, one of your league mates, Glenn Schroeder, in this big payback league, he is dominating your your uh, the league, obviously, with 38 victory points. He says Jabbar Gaffney is a play, but I I have to think that, you know, I think you're right about far wanting to get Rice in, and I don't doubt that. I mean, you've got, you've got migraines with Percy Harvin. You've got Adrian Peterson possibly questionable in this game. And uh, uh, Hutchinson, the the Pro Bowl left guard, has a broken thumb. I mean, you've got a lot of question marks uh, about that that would lead you to believe that, man, who else are they going to get involved, Shanko and and Rice. But I haven't seen Rice do it, and I know that Denver's going to have to throw the ball a ton against KC to win that game, uh, considering, you know, how good KC is this year. KC's a a force, and I think that's – the. It's a definite shootout. You see it by the over/under, and uh, but, but man, I hear you. That's that's a good that's a good tough call there. You've got Calvin, you've got Fitz. you got Pittsburgh guy in Fitz, you have got a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, where else? Oh, I saw Emmanuel Sanders on your bench.
3: You always have to have a Steeler, don't you? Don't you, Tommy? <laughs> I picked. Up, I I had one dollar left, and I got Emmanuel Sanders with it this past week. I love a kid. I think that. Uh, nobody else drafted him, but he, uh, I watched him play this summer up at up at Latrobe. I went up and watched the team practice, and uh, even then, you know, Roethlisberger was facing his four-week suspension, but he was throwing that kid a lot in practice. And I'm saying, yeah, they're going to work him in So one way or another. Poor Hines, looks like Hines is kind of – I mean, he had a nice game last week, but he, may, he might be kind of hitting the wall, you know. I mean, he flows molasses. He still catches everything, but he, uh, the past few weeks he hasn't seemed to be much a big part of the offense. I think maybe they're grooming Sanders and working him in to kind of take over uh, in there. And you know, Wallace is turning into a superstar. But uh, you know what? <laughs> if you, yeah, if you
2: can if you can mix mix and match Heinz uh, Ward's hands and uh, Emmanuel Eman, Sanders' speed, I mean, you've got a player there because uh, there's no doubt about it. Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, if you're in dynasty leagues right now, you better get a hold of this guy because he is going to be the future of Pittsburgh wide receivers because this guy is really good, but he, I, he's got
3: a lot of to catch to the Yeah, he may be as regards to the, uh, the the possession guy. I think Wallace is going to be a superstar, and uh, and Heinz Ward is a great mentor. I mean, you know, he'll uh, uh, they'll all be blocking downfield, you know, and 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 he has a great work ethic, and, and uh, as far as I, I mean, I'm a homer, of course, but uh, I I think that um, I think that they're doing it the right way. And Sanders, yeah. you know, Sanders could be nice here in the play. He might be a plug-in. He might be a decent plug-in as we go. Fitz, uh, of course, you know, he went to pit. Uh, wonderful guy. He catches everything. He's got a sad situation there. I mean, nobody can seem to get him the ball. And, they, and as, as far as I'm concerned, they should just throw it to him on every play because he's their best option. Uh, and uh, uh, that's just the way I see it. He might, you know, he's due to have a 30-point wing too. It's gonna. It might be this week. Might be next week. But I'm telling you you got one coming from Fitz. He's going to bring one to you pretty soon. You're listening to
1: Tommy Yates, a.k.a. Recovery Boys in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Already a $100,000 winner. We love the big payback league. It's one of our favorites. We always watch it very closely every year. It's the $5,000 entry fee, folks. That's right. It's It's not a grand prize. It's the entry fee just to get into that league, so you can imagine the prize money that we're talking about here. But... Other than that league, Tommy, I see you at the top of the big leaderboard, the World Championship of Fantasy Football. We had Dustin Ashby on the show last Friday night, and, and we talked about several of the teams, and you're sitting right there, 22 overall, Mike, out of 876 teams. Tommy's sitting here, again, another another duo partnership here with Jack Hahn, and you guys have put together one heck of a team, and I love this team. I really think this team has the caliber if it can stay healthy, it's not deep. But if it can stay healthy, it's, it's got to be right there at the top.
3: Yeah, I, uh, that particular team, Scotty, uh, is, um, is 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 a, really a thing of beauty. It's it's really come together. And I got to tell you, the best the best pick I made at that draft was happened a couple of weeks before when when I. Uh, when I begged Jack Hawn to be my partner with that team. He uh, he, uh, he came in, and he actually drafted that team. We drafted two teams at once. I took one, and he took one. And uh, I had a seven and a nine in those drafts. And uh, I, asked, I gave him his preference. He said he wanted a nine. I took the seven. And uh, and we were drafting at the same time. We only got to talk to each other at breaks and things like that. And we did have a strategy for both of our teams. We we're going to go wide out, wide out, one and two. And uh, he got, you know, a couple of beauties there with Austin and and, uh, and Calvin. I heard you guys talking a little earlier, too, about you thought Calvin might be affected this week. You might be right about that. But I do like Detroit at home. I think they play better at home. And uh, and don't be surprised if they give Chicago a little bit of what for uh, with their defense, too. Their defense plays a lot better at home. I don't know. Vanden Bosch might be uh, – it seems to me he got a little hurt. I don't know if he's playing or not. But they, that defensive line theirs gets after it. And uh, even, you know, Chicago's – Little more dedicated to the run, they're projecting Cutler better, but don't be surprised if if, uh, Detroit's all, if Detroit takes care of business a little bit with those and, and Calvin gets his on offense. Uh, I said, but anyway, getting back to this, Jack, Jack's just such a beauty. He took he took that team, he took the draft, he got Hillis again in the eleventh round, and uh, well, Sean McCoy from the University of Pittsburgh. I'll add, uh, he picked him up in the third round, and, and you know we. So there you go. We had two first round wide receivers. We got a nice. Running back late and LaShawn McCoy, you know, in the third. And then Jack liked this, uh, this combo. And I did too. I did it in another league. He, uh, uh picking up Cole. You remember Kolb was a starter for Philly in the beginning of the year. And, uh, Stafford right behind him. I think he got Kolb in the ninth and maybe took Stafford in the tenth. And, uh, or, or 10 and 11, something like that. But when, uh, when, uh, Kolb got hurt, he jumped right on Vicky, but he did for Vic, got him in, and, and boy, hadn't even done something. He's good for it in this playoff game yesterday. I'm just I'm looking at the scores right now. He was good for almost 33 points in that format. And did uh, <laughs> not he a thing of beauty? You know, you got him and Sean between the two of them. That's 65 points right there. It gives you a pretty good heads up going into the next week. So uh, basically, I'll tell you, my, my team name, the one I use all the time, Recovery Boys is on that, but Jack Hahn's got his fingerprints all over. Jack. Uh, Jack do uh, a uh, wonderful job drafting, and, and and he's the guy who puts the lineups in on that team too. He's uh, he's a beauty. I'm I'm glad to have him as a friend and definitely as a partner this this year because we. Uh, it looks like I mean that team does have a shot. I agree. with Well, he's in
1: the chat room. Uh, Jack Jack is in the chat room and uh, he, he's in there holding his own against some of the the best in the world of high stakes fantasy football in our chat room tonight. I, I look at this team. I just wish I had. I play this thing every single year, and I'm never sitting in this type of situation where I'm looking at my team and I'm saying, uh huh, uh huh, this this team has a couple of those magic pieces. And when I look at your team, I see several magic pieces that had to come together just in the right way. The first thing I see, obviously, is Peyton Hillis. And this is a guy that you have on several teams, which means he was on your radar throughout the off the, the the preseason there as as we came up to the to the draft. So you had to hit on a guy like that in the draft, otherwise you didn't get him. The second thing I see is Michael Vick. And Michael Vick is so so not only are you drafting well, but come time for the waivers to take place, you're actually bidding well and that's a big part of fantasy football. Week two, uh let's see, you you got this guy, you spent three hundred a little over three hundred dollars, which that's a little bit I don't think you, you guys got a, you got Michael Vick for a song in this league, which that helps, but you still bid and got him. And the third thing I see is you got LaShawn McCoy. That's a guy that a lot of people were really down on going into this season. And boy, I wish I would have taken a real closer look at him because I was I owned him in several dynasty leagues, and I and I was really excited about him before you know when he, when it, in his rookie season and everything mm-hmm. I saw from him in that first year. Really depressed me. It was like, man, this guy is not as good as I thought he was. So I didn't target him at all. Matter of fact, I was anti McCoy after watching him the first year, and he looks like a totally different player. So I missed the boat on him. And you've got all three of those pieces, not to mention Mike Williams and you know the, the normal pieces that you always, you know, Calvin and Austin. You you went two wide receivers in the draft. Talk about that.
3: Well, uh, and that is that kind of adds to the strategy, uh, Scotty. You got. I, again, I like to go wide out, especially if you're picking from the back end. I just like them. And that kind of lends itself to tell You've got to tell yourself, well, I'm, I'm not going to get the, the running backs that everybody else gets. I'm not going to, you know, there's not going to be an LT, uh, LT, not this year, but there's a, you know, CJ or, or AP. I'm not, you know, Steven Jackson, probably not. I'm probably going to pass on him if he comes back for for a better, a wide receiver I like uh, near the end of one or beginning of two. So you got to look at these guys who are going to be available a little bit later. And, you know, as we do, we all do, we draft throughout the summer and everything. And I was I was looking at Hillis, Jack Loved Hillis, um, a guy like Arian Foster. Now, late in the summer, I look at this, late in the summer, Foster started creeping up. You know, he was in the second round, sometimes the third round you might pick him up. But uh, it, uh, if you look in the beginning of the summer, I, I'm in uh, Emil, Emil, uh Cadillac's, one of his uh diehards draft leagues, and you've got to look, draft those things real early because they're going to be in one of his magazines coming up. And uh, I ended up getting... Uh, Foster very late back in May, so you know he was he basically had just gotten announced as the starter then. So you know they they don't you you got and because I go wide receiver early, I did the same thing. I went wide receiver early, so you're looking for these guys later on. McFadden's another one. You know you get a couple of good wide receivers early. McFadden has paid dividends for a lot of teams this year uh, because of that. But get, this particular team, it was you know we got the two wide receivers, Jack loved McCoy. I like McCoy because he went to pick. but Jack was really high on him. He's got him on a number of his teams too. And uh, and then Hillis, Hillis, we were just trying. You try and target where can you? Know, we like this guy. Where can we get him? You know, you don't if you don't have to take him in the fourth round, you don't. If he's going to be available, you know, in most rounds. And in, in, in the two leagues that you and I are discussing tonight, he was drafted in the 11th round in both of those leagues. Hillis was. And uh, and if you look at like this this particular team here, we dra- and the other team that we talked about, they, they were both drafted the weekend right before the first games. You know, well, the weekend of the first games. So we got him as late as possible. He was. He was he feel good about him, and, but he was still a crapshoot. I mean, you know, he was playing for Cleveland, for God's sake, and, and, uh, and you know, he had Peyton Hillis. He's a, you know, he's a big, good-looking guy, but you don't think of him as being the guy who's going to catch 40 or 50 passes or, or you know, make the corner, and, and you, you think he's a bull, but he's done everything this year. He's been, oh, he's been great. Anybody has Peyton Hillis, most people have him uh, have a shot at making some money. That's, that's uh, you know, that's got to be the case.
1: Mike, talk about Peyton Hillis, forty-six receptions through ten games, thirteen touchdowns. What do you see of Peyton Hillis, and is this guy going to be a guy that people are drafting in the in the mid uh, mid first round next year?
3: Well,
2: you know what, Scott, it, it's it's been amazing uh, the maturation of Peyton Hillis and uh, what they've been doing, especially on a team that goes against tough defenses week in and week out. Let's face it. That that division, uh, they go they go against a lot of tough defenses. But Peyton Hillis continues to do what he what he needs to do. Uh, I I think Peyton Hillis is I, I think he's a real deal because of his body style. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Mike Allstott. And uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be a there's gonna be a time that uh, Cleveland's gonna say, hey, we need a slasher, a runner, and this and that. Uh whether it is in 2011, I don't know. But right now, uh, the guy is a big bruiser. He will get things done for Cleveland. And, uh, you know, moving forward for him, uh, you can't help but delight like the guy. I mean, because he gets everything done when asked.
1: Tommy, I want to talk about something else real quick. Um, that, you know, you're, you've got this team that's in the hunt for $300,000, why oh why in the world didn't you and Jack back up your place kicker in David Akers? You have no backup. And, and, and just tell me what the thought process was here. Was it just impossible to do? If you're looking at the
3: team, there's no way to do it? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I mean, you know, Jack's kind of aggressive in his bidding. I am kind of aggressive in my bidding. And sometimes, sometimes when this stuff happens, you just run out of dollars before – uh, before you, before you take care of business, and uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody else. Especially Acres kind of showed up on the injury report oh, yeah. last week, and it, and this is tell me, can you ever remember a year where so many kickers were hurt and and replaced yeah. and things like that? You know, Goofy Jeff Reed missed four four or five, and uh, we cut the knucklehead and got Swisham in there. Now I'd like to have him for a backup on this team, but you know, we just ran out of dollars. We ran out of dollars before we uh, before we got all the players we wanted, and. And it was just a, just a mistake, that's all. That's how that happened. But Aikos well, was good for 10.6
1: points last night. Look, man, Vic, Hillis, McCoy, Austin, Calvin, and, and it keeps going. You, you've got a great shot at this. We are definitely rooting for you and Jack uh, as, uh, as as hard as we can. This is going to be a great game to watch. You've got a great start with McCoy and Vic. And, uh, you know, hey, we, you've got Peyton Hillis this week. Uh, they, they play – uh, at Miami, and, and look, the Browns, the Brown, this Miami team, Marshall still got this hamstring. He's questionable. He was limited in practice for a third straight day, so I don't see that being an issue uh, for, for Cleveland to have to get through here. Uh, Cleveland's been playing pretty well, but Devon Best really showed up last week. His homecoming game in Oakland, six catches, 111 yards. I just tell you, if I had a guy like Ricky Williams or even Ronnie Brown, which, I don't have in any league, but if I did, I think I don't know if I could start them this week. The Browns have only allowed three rushing touchdowns all year, and so I don't think I could. I don't think I could put either one of those in the lineup. Tommy, do you? Uh,
3: well, I tell you, Cleveland. Not. I mean, Ricky Williams. Uh, Ricky Williams can get it done. I mean, he seems to be coming on lately. I wouldn't hesitate. I mean. We, the first rushing to, just to remind you, by the way, the first rushing touchdown that Cleveland gave up was to uh, Rashard Mendenhall the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> they <laughs> the, they are they are pretty stout as regards to giving up the, the touchdowns. But you know what? You can get some yards on them, and uh, and they're going to get the thing is in Miami. You know those. Were, I don't draft Brown anywhere. I just I've just never liked him. I think he gets hurt. You know he shows that he looks real good, and then bang, he's out of your lineup. Uh, but Ricky, I've got uh, in a, on a number of leagues, and I think that uh, I think that they're going to give him the ball. I mean, you know, win, lose, or draw, who they don't care who they're playing, they're going to give him the ball. Bess, you're right. Bess is a beauty. He's coming on. I I really like that kid. He catches. He's got a lot of heart. He catches just about everything. In fact, I was uh, thinking the other day. You know, he is. He's he's the young Wes Welker. Him and Shipley and. And uh, Amendola, those three right there, they, they all remind me of Wes Welker. And, uh, and they could, you know, they're capable of 100 catches, all three of those guys, I think, in the right offense. But, uh, but in Miami, you know the way they do things. That you could say, well, Cleveland's not a good matchup for them. Well, there's not always good matchups. Sometimes guys show up anyway, and, so, and they get their numbers, even, even with a bad matchup. I've, I've, I'm more of a gut-feel type of guy. I don't always go just for the matchups. It, it's uh, it's hurt me a lot in the past, but, but that's the way I go. And I and myself, I wouldn't hesitate to start Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown. I just don't have a I just don't have a good feel for it. I just don't uh, I don't have him anywhere, so I don't use him.
1: Well, speaking of Pittsburgh Steelers, Fred Jackson. Let's move on to this Buffalo game. He did a great job moving the ball against Pittsburgh. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: You know, sixty yards rushing, but he averaged five yards a carry. But he also chipped in these receptions for like a hundred yards and a touchdown and. And yep. uh he did it against Cincinnati. Uh and, and now, you know, you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings uh, and and their rush D. I mean, they did hold Washington down to just to about nothing and, and Green Bay, uh, you know, they had, you know, less than a hundred yards. So the defensive front for Washington has hasn't really been the issue, but I think look, Fred Jackson red hot player but on the road this week against the Vikings that's a tough matchup for any back this week but I think you still got to put him in there.
3: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I of course the, with the Steelers playing them last week, I watched every play of that game and uh, you know, he was being held, he had next to nothing. He was, you know, had a bunch of carries and he wasn't getting anything. Then he hit on that 60-yard run and it was very nice. I mean, he's a quality back. He doesn't and he doesn't give up. Uh, you know, he's he's Got a lot of heart too, and he showed it right there. And then it kind of opened it up, and they throw to him. He's another one. He's going to get the opportunity. They're going to, they will use him in their offense. I did, and he's one that snuck up on me. I'll be honest. I didn't like him in the beginning of the season. I only have him on a couple of teams. I was drafting C.J. Spiller all over the place. I'm still waiting on him to show up. I don't know what the deal is with him, but uh, yeah, I, right. I, I picked Spiller in the fourth and fifth round on a bunch of teams, and uh, and thought he was going to be the real deal, uh, but uh, so far he hasn't shown it. And Jackson. To his credit, shows up every week, and I don't care. You know, look at us with the Steelers. We were we were a very stout run defensive team going into that game last week. You know, we're giving up sixty seventy yards on the on the ground per game. He torched us. He took it to us. So you know, the, yeah, you betcha. Fred Jackson's going to be in my lineup. Uh, no, that, not, I, no, of course, um, And uh, you
2: know, if, I, if I'm going to jump in here real quick, uh, you know, it was funny watching last week's game. Uh, you know, Fred Jackson, He was coming out of the backfield, and uh, we were looking at uh, looking for the eight number. And it, no, it wasn't the eight. It was twenty-two. Fred Johnson. I mean, that's uh, that's just what that's the way he works. Uh, I do have. Uh, I got one. That I'm going to lay on you. I'm going to lay on you, uh, Scott, as well. Uh, I have to start one of these four. Uh, so it's going to be kind of tough here. Uh, I got to start one of these. Malcolm Floyd, Pierre Garcon, Braylon Edwards, or Ben Obamanu? Just one right, right.
3: of
1: Floyd. Malcolm Floyd, Garcon, Edwards, or uh, Obamanu? Uh well me. uh Tommy, this this could go a lot of different directions, obviously. I love uh Malcolm Floyd in that Oakland game. I mean let's let's face it, look uh the Raiders, they have uh they are really banged up in the secondary. You're you're talking about uh awesome law, uh dinged up and, and, and he's playing but he's definitely not healthy. You've got um they they've got injuries on all all over that secondary. this the strong safety um and and then you've got on san diego's side of the ball um you know creighton's already been ruled out it's highly unlikely that vincent jackson played he's doubtful and then florida torched the raiders in week four for like 200 yards and, and he's returned to practice at least he's been limited after suffering that hamstring injury but he's questionable so he does have the injury concern but Maybe maybe Garcon would be the play here, Tommy, because Reggie Reggie's dinged up, and you're playing Dallas, and you you can definitely throw on Dallas. I think Garcon
3: is is probably a little bit safer, but I think Floyd gives you a little bit more upside. Uh, you could be right there, yeah. It, it, I, as soon as you said he said uh, Edwards, as soon as Mike said Edwards, I threw him out. I think Santonio's their yeah. guy now. He's just he's just getting yeah. better every week. Uh, uh, Obama. I, I I don't you know I threw him out too, and uh, I just Seattle I just you, I don't know what you again I'd be looking at the weather up there I I tend to look at the, especially in places like Seattle you could have a you could have you could have a storm so bad you can't see the players on the field sometimes up there but yeah put on go ahead well, yeah Seattle
1: uh, there's a twenty percent chance of a precipitation uh, forty one degrees low of thirty three on Sunday. The problem with Seattle, they're playing Carolina. Carolina hasn't allowed a 100-yard receiver all season long, Mike. So I don't think you put Obamonu in there, especially with Mike Williams. Mike Williams is coming back this week. He was the leading wide receiver, and he missed that game with the foot injury. And then you saw what happened. The Seahawks managed only 71 yards of offense in the first half without him. And they sorry. Look, Hasselbeck has to have Williams. He he, he does not. He's zeroing he's in on him, the target he likes going to. This is what Pete Carroll said, and Williams has to be out there. And it sounds like he is going to play. And Tyree uh, Carlson. I've well, got uh, I got Malcolm Floyd uh, checked up. I mean, that's going to be my
2: guy. But uh, you know, I just thought I'd throw it out there uh, because that could be a that could be a very interesting. Uh, wide receiver decision a lot of a lot of people out there might have to make, whether it's uh, Floyd, Garzon, Edwards. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I thought whoever's out, but uh, you never know. Uh, oh,
3: but, yeah, uh, Rivers, those, whoever's out uh, there for him uh, has a chance to get big numbers. I, if Malcolm Floyd's going to be on the field out of those four, uh, all things being equal, I'd Malcolm Floyd would be the guy I'd throw out there. I'd also like uh, just to throw in there uh, any team I got an NA on this week, I'd, I'd really have to consider trying to get him in there if I could.
1: We've got a question oh. in the chat room, guys, and Tommy, I'll throw it to you and then Mike as well. Uh, or Let's start with you, Mike. We've got Cedric Benson. This comes from King of Queens here, uh, Glenn Schroeder. Cedric Benson, uh, obviously they're playing New Orleans at Incensee. Ronnie Brown, uh, we already talked about, against Cleveland, a very stout run defense. And Brandon Jackson, he has to start two. So he has to bench one of these guys. Brandon Jackson's playing San Francisco.
2: Who do you uh, who do you bench there, Mike? Uh I'm gonna have to bench uh I'm gonna have to bench Ronnie Brown. Uh I'm gonna go with uh Cedric Benson uh against you know, I, I think I think he's gonna show up he does every week and uh you know I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to bench Ronnie Brown right now. Okay. All right uh,
3: uh-huh.
1: Tommy, do you feel the same way? In a Cincinnati game, they're expecting one to three inches of snow on Saturday, uh, and it's the number one pass defense coming to town. So you would think that Cedric Benson, that might be kind of a game where where it's just Benson all day long.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd have Cedric in there and also uh, Brandon Jackson. Uh, those those two would be the two I'd, I'd throw in there for those two. And you know what? And Glenn, Glenn throws out these questions, but Glenn – Glen Glenn knows who he wants what who he wants to put in there in his own mind. I'm sure of that. That guy is a great player. He beat my team in this in this uh big payback league a couple of weeks ago. He beat me one it was like one fifty eight point nine five to one fifty eight point nine oh. Oh, it ticked me off. But uh he's a, you know, he, he's very good. I mean he he's, he's had, he's had excellent scores all year. He's a he's a great player, a good guy. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll bet that you know, he just threw that out, enough to see what we'd have to say. But yes, yeah, Cedric and Brandon for sure, I would think. Uh,
1: Tommy, since you're the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, we've got a uh, we've got a fan in the chat room, Steel City. He wants to know would anybody play Goodson over Bradshaw this week in a PPR? So we look at Goodson playing at Seattle. Uh, Seattle ranks uh, 28th in the league versus running backs in PPR. And then you've got Bradshaw, who was recently benched against Washington, who is uh, not as bad. Their front quarter, like we just talked about earlier, has been has been pretty good. Nineteenth in the league. So would you would you start Bradshaw or Goodson? And
3: uh, which one do you like there? Well, I like Bradshaw. I think yeah, he's had some issues holding the ball, and Coughlin's not going to go for that. But they, they he's still going to get his touches. I think. I think Manning loves him. I mean, he catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. He's going to get his chances. I just, I think the pedigree's better there. Goodson, uh, me, you know, being uh, part of this is, is my man crush on Jay Stu. But, uh, and and in my mind, I think Jay Stu's going to start taking over. He's just bigger, faster, better, drafted higher. It's time to get him in there and let him start earning his money. So I think uh, Goodson's going to move to the background, just my gut feel, and, uh, yeah, go with Bradshaw, I would. You know what, I, I'm going to jump in here real quick,
2: uh, guys. Tom, I totally agree. Uh, between Ama Bradshaw and uh, Brandon Jacobs, Bradshaw got just as many touches. Even though uh, Brandon Jacobs was, quote, the starter last week, uh, Ama Bradshaw got just as many touches uh, rushing the ball and receiving the ball as uh, – Brandon Jacobs did. So, uh, I don't think that that's going to make a big difference. Uh, I would go with uh, Ahmad Bradshaw myself, too.
3: hmm
1: I love
2: Bradshaw.
3: He's
1: definitely a focal point of that offense with Eli in there, and uh, that's the type of game that you could see Bradshaw getting a whole lot of work uh, against Washington. Uh, the Giants, they're still fit at wide receiver this week, and Manningham, I tell you, this kid – he scored in four of the last six games, and then last week I had a touchdown nullified due to a hole or something for Manningham, or I would have put up another 11 or 12 points. The Redskins yeah, secondary is right. very beatable. Manningham should have another solid outing. I really, like, uh, I really like Manningham in your lineup this week. And then I also want to talk about this San Fran-Green Bay game, guys. Vernon Davis, if you watch that, he broke down in tears in the pregame, and he really wants to lead this San Fran team to the playoffs. Then you have Gore go down. That's the story of the week, I think, with with Frank Gore. A lot of teams, Alex had him, uh, a lot of teams counting on Frank Gore. Now you've got Anthony Dixon and Brian Westbrook facing off against the number four rush defense in the league in Green Bay. But on the other side of the ball, Tommy, the 49er pass D has allowed just 500 passing yards over the last four weeks. That is stout. I mean, it doesn't get much tougher than that. So, 555 passing yards in the last four weeks uh, well, three games. That's 185 passing yards a game. That, that's hard to do. So, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers here against San Fran? Do you, you, you think it's Cakewalk City again, or do you think they've got a le-
3: legitimate defense? All right. Well, San Francisco has – I mean, if you remember back – when back in the beginning when every, we were everybody was drafted, and San Francisco was going as one of the top three or four defenses in just about every draft I was in, and then they just yeah. they just didn 't show up until uh, halfway through the season now I, and i 'm not even sure if they 're getting all the stats those it doesn 't surprise me the few yards they 're giving up first off uh, and Willis is a machine uh, on defense for them he just tackles everything but Green Bay. Green Bay is just so I've, I've gotten to see a lot of them this year. In, in one league, in the, over at NFFC, in their, one of their super leagues, I ended up drafting about seven or eight Green Bay things. I got their team. I got, I got for defense. I got Crosby. I got. I took Rogers in the first round. You know, quarterbacks get six points in that thing. And uh, I it was. I ended up with a lot of their guys. So I've watched them. I took Finley too, and and uh, the, that hurt, but. That particular team in that league I'm in is nine and three right now, and it's and it's uh, it's got a real good shot at doing something good in the playoffs. Consequently, I've watched a lot of Green Bay. They show up every week, Scotty. They give you stats no matter what. And that Rogers, he's 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 a beauty. Did you see that, that one he put the Jordy Nelson last week in the corner of the end zone? I mean, it was you know he put the Nelson made a nice catch. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, Rodgers put the ball the only place he could put it. He could. He's like he's like Mike Vick slow or something like that because right now he can. He's got a better <laughs> arm than him and he'll run it in himself too. Uh, you you've got a, I would start. I would. There's no way I take him out of any lineup I haven't been ever. And uh, right now. And, uh, and I think that they have a shot to put up stats every single week. Driver's been, in the beginning of the season, you remember dollar Driver, about 50 years old, he's still catching the ball all over the place. He's being phased out right now. And you see Jones stepping up, finally catching the ball. Nelson's getting involved. Jennings is a superstar. They're just, I mean, they don't care. I don't care who it is on defense. If I got a Packer, he's going in there.
1: All right, let's pick these last two games, gentlemen. We got four minutes left. We've got the two games. I want to pick, I want to hear from uh, both the, the the straight up winners and the winners with the spread here, guys. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore is minus three. Uh, <laughs> Tommy, well, let's go ahead and get your prediction on the Pittsburgh Baltimore game. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I've I've never bet against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the six time Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, and I. Uh, I it, I see it as an excellent matchup. I really don't, be honest with you, I don't like us in this game too much. I think it's down there. Now, they did beat us once on that last, uh, you know, earlier in the season. They made that nice drive with 40 seconds to go in the game and threw that long one. Uh, we're capable of, of giving up plays like that, and they have the receiving core. Flacco, I have him on a few of my teams this year. He's very steady, very consistent. You don't get a lot of turnovers from him. Uh, and we're a little beat up on defense, you know, uh, but I'm not betting against the Steelers. I just, I don't, and, and I'll take the points. The, the teams are still that even. Uh, but uh, as regards to stats and everything, I just, uh, you know, I don't like us too much in that game. I'll be honest with you. I don't like us too much in that game this week. I still see many getting his 20 touches or so and, uh, and Ben taking his shots, but, you know, he's going to be kind of a statue there this week. Unless they're really, unless those goofy coaches are lying like they always do. Um, you know he's not going to be able to do that. Grab me and I'll step out. I'll step outside the box and throw one down the field to somebody. He's going to have to kind of stay in the pocket. Uh, it's not too. Tommy, I, well, do, I, mean, okay. I, see know, I gotta, awkward. I gotta agree with you to
2: a point. They are pretty even. Uh, the one thing, the, the big X factor right there is going to be uh, Rashard Mendenhall. If Pittsburgh can establish a run real quick against Baltimore's defense, then. You know, this could be a very intriguing game. If not, I don't know, because I don't know if uh, Ben, if he's uh, health-wise, if he's ready to make that comeback and do those things that he needs to do to uh, come back against a Baltimore defense. he come back against a lot of other defenses, but against this defense, I'm not sure. But if Richard Mendehall can establish that run and make things happen for uh, Pittsburgh, this could be a very
3: long game for Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a division game. We know each other inside out. I mean, it could. I could see it being a three. I could see 35 to 31. I mean, anything could happen in, in games like this. Uh, well, Robert but, expected to play
1: with that foot injury. Mason was the star last week. I think Bolden will be the star this week. I think Baltimore wins. and And I think it's going to be one of those close games, but I think Baltimore will cover the spread. I'll take Baltimore minus three. And then, guys, we've got about thirty seconds left. Uh, just a one-word answer: Jets at Patriots. Patriots minus three and a
3: half. Mike, who do you like? I like Pats. Yeah, fun. I like the Pats
0: too.
3: I like the Pats. I, I want the Jets to win, but I like the, the Pats are better. I like the Pats in that game.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. But I got. <laughs> we'll I'll see you guys next week,
3: Tommy.
1: Hey, thanks for being here, man.
0: You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkin and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
3: Great show,
1: guys. Tommy, I need you to get me, out of my, get, get me out of my funk, man. It
3: was uh, I was down and out, and having you on the show brought me back to life, man. I'm back. I'll tell you what, Scottie, you're the man. I, I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun with you. It was a great – I expect to be on for about ten minutes. But, you know what, we start talking fantasy football. It's a beautiful thing. And you know what, you're an excellent player. You, you went over for this week. That happens to all of us, brother. You'll be back. Hey, hey
2: Tommy, Hey, appreciate yeah, you, right. man. I mean, because I'm half drunk, I'll be honest with you. And uh, if it wasn't for you, I don't know what would have happened because Scott, come on, he's like – Oh Mike, I don't know what's going to happen here. Oh man, so you made the show, man.
3: Appreciate it. Oh Mike, hey, you're a beauty, man. I love, I love listening to you. And and uh, you know, to me, I came in about three minutes after the show started. You guys were talking about, uh, I think you were on the Philly game. And uh, and Mike, I was, I was listening. And you know what? You didn't sound half drunk tonight. You sounded half drunk in the beginning. So you know what? <laughs> <laughs> After last
1: Sunday, I think after last Sunday, I'm gonna start drinking. I think
3: I think. <laughs> <laughs> tell me who did you you scored 149 points in that game. Who did you have on the bench that you that would have given you more?
1: I had the San Diego defense on the bench for the uh, Giants defense.
3: Uh well.
1: I mean, I, left, I, left a ton of points. I had I started Ben Roethlisberger, and I was really contemplating starting Sam Bradford cuz I just thought that Roethlisberger was due to have a bad game. uh uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and then uh yeah, and then of course I had um well, I started Moreno, started Charles, started Adrian Peterson, started Manningham. I I lost Nick to injury so I had to start so he was on my bench. I, I I I left Royal Eddie Royal on my bench, Jacoby Ford on my bench. Both those guys scored more than um, than my other option there, which was uh, who was it, Mike? I don't even remember now.
0: Uh, Started Crabtree
1: and Crabtree. Yeah. I don't know. There were a lot of points left on the bench. I didn't know that. So oh. Yeah.
3: It just means you have a lot of options, you know. And there's, there's no way I would have put San Diego in over the Giants this past week. And myself, I mean, I'm, of course I'm a homer, but I benched. You know, I I have one team where I got uh, Ben and Eli, and uh, you know I go back and forth with them. And I, you know, Eli was parked on the bench for me this week. I put Ben in there too. I thought he was going to have a big day. Even though even though Buffalo's got a pretty decent pass defense, they have they you know they give up a lot of yards. I mean, they they get in some high scoring games. I didn't see that game coming out the way it did myself. I thought that they'd be up and down the field and touchdowns galore. to be honest with you.
1: I tell you what, Indianapolis is going to be, if they get in the playoffs, if they win that division, that's going to be a dangerous out for somebody because they're going to be the underdog role. They're going to play the underdog, and you don't want to see the Colts as an underdog in any playoff game, period. So No, are,
2: no I, totally, I, I couldn't disagree with you more, Scott. A lot of teams can't wait to play them because they have no running attack at all. Once they get that running get attack, up. The, a they're,
3: come then they're very dangerous. Get come
2: but right now they're so predictable.
3: Isn't it nice to finally not have them, you know, like 12-0 right now, though, because they've got to play their starters going into the playoff leagues, uh, the ones that are healthy anyway?
1: The crazy <laughs> thing is, though, I saw the playoff predictions, guys, they show that if, you know, obviously the Jets-Patriots, let's say the Patriots win this game or even the Jets either won, you uh-huh. you could have the Colts, the Colts will host the loser of this game in the playoffs. If they win that division, the Colts will host the loser of this game in the playoffs. And so, you know, they'll have that home field advantage going into, into, into the playoff run. It, it, you know, they might not be the better team, but they're going to host the playoff game because they're the division winner.
3: Wow! Um, didn't, didn't realize that. Didn't see that. That's uh, yeah. Be... Well, they're not they
1: could host love... Pittsburgh
3: or Baltimore, and then they could
1: host New England or the Jets. One of those two. You know, all four of those teams I had better than the Colts, but you know, the the Colts will probably be the the home playoff team. I
3: would just love to see them get just uh, New England in there and bump them off. <laughs> I just, <you> know, <laughs> uh, tell me what's the, what's the deal with Reggie Wayne? How hurt is he, Scotty? What are you hearing back there?
1: Well, well the, the, the Indianapolis Star is saying that they're that he's going to start. So uh, you know he sat out practice, uh, but it, it sounds like he are going to play. So look, it's a situation where if you have Ray, you can't bench him anyway. So it's a moot point. If you have him and he plays, you got to start him. And right. right. what else?
2: do you have?
1: Yeah,
3: it's a four o'clock game. Yeah, yeah. You got to make sure you got it right. If it's a four o'clock game, you better make sure you have somebody on the bench you can plug in just in case. All right. Exactly. Something you gotta look out yeah. for it. Blair right? White. <laughs> <laughs> White Blair. I, I played him in the league last week. He got a touchdown. Yeah, I like that kid. He's just uh, yeah. yeah. That's part of the beauty of Peyton. Peyton will throw to the open guy, you know, until you prove that until you drop four or five in a row and, and get back on the bench. <laughs> well,
2: listen. Well, the I'll tell you what, guys. guys is, uh, and Tom and uh, Scott. You know, uh wish me luck on uh my seventy seven league and uh FFPC because I'm uh I'm right there with uh Baker Boy and Army of Darkness and uh you know I've got I've got a good good team and uh I'm just continuing with that draft master style and uh, you know, I kinda like that. Joe and Arlen, yeah,
3: good guys. Good good opponents, Mike. Good luck to you in that one. Tommy, uh, Tommy, Mike
1: it. is trying to play his way into the FFPC main event, and he's trying to do it with these with these seventy sevens. So, we got a oh, great no Greg, yeah,
3: yeah. Come uh, on, yeah, Mike. I'd like I'd like to actually meet you at one of these things. You know, Scotty and I go way back. In fact, we drafted right next right? to each other at the first, very first FFPC. So I'd like to meet you, Mike.
2: Well, I you know I would love to uh, as well, Tom. I, you know it's been. Uh, You know, Scott kind of put me on to a lot of the high-stakes leagues. I mean, I've been, you know, doing a little digging and duggering about uh, small leagues. But, uh, you know, I I got into the Kentucky League this year. And, uh, you know, I just had a lot of fun uh, doing this stuff. And, uh, you know, I I just love it. And I I, want to meet the best of the minds. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, Tom, uh, you're – you're one of the best, and uh, it was great to have you on the show, and great to have you this
3: long. Well, I appreciate it, Mike, and and, uh, and back at you. I think I loved, uh, I love being on the show, and and uh, and uh, I really enjoyed myself thoroughly here. It's it's lucky I'm working a night shift right now. This just happened to be my night off. This was great. This worked out real good for me too. And, uh, <laughs> cool. Thanks, thanks, Tommy. We'll watch your team, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right, Take care, fellas. Bye bye now. Thanks, Tom. See you, Mike.